Thanks for tuning in to episode 44 of Collins Conversations. We got a quick moment from our sponsor, Anchor. And after that, we got about an hour and a half of podcasting with Cabin in the Woods, Cleveland rapper, musical engineer, producer, beat maker, actor, talented individual. You're going to love it. Let me know what you think, though. There you go. All right, let's podcast. We're live on Collins Conversations. I'll let you introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, what you do, and how you got here. All right, well, my name is Captain in the Woods. I'm a producer, rapper, engineer. Um, I'm from Cleveland, of course, obviously. That was the last part. How'd you get here? Oh, uh, we drove here from. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, well, what do you mean, how'd I get here? What brought you to the show? Oh, well, my dude, Scuff, um, introduced me to Colin a minute ago. And um, I like all the interviews you do. You actually ask really good questions. And so I hit you up and was like, hey, what's up with an interview, man? Absolutely. I love when I could get a guest on camera to say that I ask the best questions because I'm working on a compilation that I want to get ready for Christmas for my wife. <laughs> Since she thinks I never ask any of the right questions, so that, you know, you talk to your grandma or your mom. She's like, oh, well, what did they say? I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't ask. You know, she's always like, you never ask the right questions. And every episode, they're like, wow, that's a really good question. Tell more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Scuff is uh, probably, I want to say at least eight or ten episodes are solely because of Scuff McSun. So it, anybody that hasn't checked him out, check him out. I even got one of my old, uh, she's like 70-year-old landscaping customers listening to Scuff now. Wow. Yeah, Scuff was out working with me for a while and doing little odd yeah. jobs and stuff. Yeah. And uh, mentioned to her the one day that he does music and I was over the other day and she always asked, like, how's the wife, how's the dogs, you know, how's the kid? And then kind of a pause, she's like, How's Casey? I haven't seen Casey the last couple times you've been coming around. And I was like, oh, Casey's good. She's like, how do I find his music? I want to listen. And she, <laughs> so, you know, now she's listening to all the hey, new stuff. Hey, man, that's raw, dude. Um, so we'll let, that's kind of a good introduction to a game that I normally kind of play. Um, it's called Name Dropping. Okay. Um, if you've listened to the show, you've heard a couple people do it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick three names of people that you've been tied to or that I know that you know. And you're going to tell me who they are and how you know them. Okay. So, uh, we'll use Scuff, since you already brought him up. Who is Scuff Mixon? Okay, so Scuff Mixon is one of the most talented motherfuckers in this goddamn state. Um, when I met him, he was set design and lights, and I believe he was also doing sound <laughs> for uh, this independent film we were all working on at the time. And um, we actually didn't even get super duper close until after the movie was done. And then, um, I think it was either at the rap party. Yeah, it was the rap party for the movie. After the rap party, we were going back to his house. We made hella music together. And then that's when I found out he was like an artist right. as well. And his music is just freaking crazy. Like, I'm a big fan. I was a fan before I was even his friend. Like, just hearing the music, seeing the videos. It was actually one of our other mutual homies, Sebastian. He was showing me the videos. Like, yeah, we do music, bro. Here, check this out. Oh, shit. <laughs> going back to his house to do music? Right. <laughs> Let's go, we up. And it's, it's been a rap since, man. It's just been up. And uh, I think that's probably how almost every this, everybody that, because he's, you know, he's brought everybody on the show, so I use him in that question. And everybody says that he's one of the best musicians, in, at least in the state, if not out currently. And he's also, the, the other one that everybody always says is he's one of the most stand-up dudes that you can know. And I would never like there's that's why you know the dude is struggling with money i'm like hey man I, I don't have that much extra work but come on like i see what you're trying to do let me help support in any way that i can hell yeah and uh 
creative-wise, like you said, dude's doing tattoos, does painting. Like, if there's a medium, Scuff is finding a way to master it. Exactly. And he's like, he doesn't do anything that he doesn't care about. Right. And so, I think that probably is why everything that he does is good, because he actually gives a shit about it. And he has, like, man, it's like this, it's like he has ultimate dominion over his craft. It, bro, like watching him work is crazy. It's it's honestly a little inspiring, for real. Cause fucking like we work together, almost in tandem. Like that's like my brother, man. right? Like that's my that's my dude for real. But it's like he the way he thinks on different levels of stuff. Like at first it was just us making the music, like just being the artist. Then when we moved into the actual engineering and the um, mixing of everything. His mind like switched over, but still stayed like that streamline. Mm. Like he was like, no, we gotta do it. Like we got this image here. We already putting the vision together. Now we're stepping in here. We're gonna do the exact same thing. Where I was taking it a whole different direction, damn near just mixing. Right. Changing the way the whole song sounded. He was like, nah, 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 you're going too cold. We need to stay warm. I didn't even know what the hell cold and warm was. <laughs> <laughs> right? So man, it's just. That's how Dude. I felt the time that I went and watched him and Ty C start cooking shit up together. Man, don't even get me started on Ty C, <laughs> man. That dude's freaking Merlin or Yen Sid, dude. <laughs> freaking, he is crazy. He's the hard one to get on the show. Ty C, this is like the third episode I've called hey, you out. Hey, Ty, I've done it now, bro. Now you got to come on. Me and you were the last ones, bro. You got to come <laughs> on, bro. Absolutely. So the next thing in the name dropping is how do you know Adi Ray and who is Adi Ray? Man, how do I know Adi Ray? He's going to hate me for this. How do you know Adi Ray? Those are my favorite types of stories. Because before Adi Ray was Adi Ray, he was Zach Gass. See, I, 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 I was on the uh, Lavish Journey podcast a couple months ago and hmm. um, shortly after me, Adi Ray, because you know, smart podcast people like myself same with uh, Jay Gaines from Lavish Journey we kind of watch an episode you're like they know how to do an interview let me go get them next thing I know I'm wait waiting to see mine come up I'm like how's he know Adi oh I called out Adi in the show never thought to ask how Adi I asked how uh, Blue Moon 2 that name and how that came for some reason I, it didn't click to ask how Adi Ray came and then I had heard him ask it and I was like why didn't I, why didn't I get Zach you know I did this first interview I didn't I fucked it up but continue <laughs> um Oh, yeah, so freaking, he was Zach Gass at first, and he was um, working as an engineer with uh, Will. Mm. Ah, I forgot what. It's like Will Got Flame, I think, was his engineer production name. But it was, you know, them This is what, Little Italy? Yeah, and this is in Little Italy when they had the coast. And we used to be customers there. And, um, well, not customers, I guess they're clients, but, you know, we used to go there and record all the time with um, Mills Peso. We'd go with him or we'll just show up ourselves. My brother got really tight with him at first. Uh, I was off doing my own thing and stuff, um, working and chasing down other music endeavors and whatnot. But my brother got really close with um, Adi and his little brother. And then I met Logan and everybody. Mm -hmm. But, um, that's how I know Adi though, because at first he was Zach Gats. We actually did a track together and never released it. You, you tend to do that a lot. The, the Cabin Vault is insane, everybody. Man, like look. there's like three songs on Spotify, I think, right now, but there's like 30,000. I've heard bits and pieces <laughs> every all these little places that I go. <laughs> I gotta stop sharing my music with people to get me in trouble. Because <laughs> everyone's like, oh no, I heard you got a new song. How the fuck did you? How do you know I got a new song? But uh, I, I, I don't think you realize it, but you're in the Curly Chuck Chuck uh, interview like 400 times. 
No, I didn't even get to watch Chuck's yet. Oh, we gotta watch it. It's, it's a good one, but it was same too. Like these mics do a really good job of knocking out the background noises and stuff. Mm. But they were mixing that one that I, I I called you out after I left it that day. It was the one um, you think you're high, but I'm hello was in it. Oh, that's um. Like the smoke with me beamer and uh, Morgan. Yeah, they were they were working on different stuff on that one, and like you, every once in a while you would just hear that bass line just hidden on the interview, and you're like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to hide the bass line. Hey, <laughs> I gotta stop touching my hoodie, talking back. Let me hit this damn mic. I forgot that I was being a jackass, being cool, and put it right here. It's all good. And just so I don't make the same ID mistake, how did Cabin in the Woods start? How'd you come up with that? Oh, um, so I used to be Vega Fontaine, which is a really corny ass name. Now that I look back, hindsight, 2020. But um. <laughs> My brother, his name is House in the Hills. You can also find him as House in the Hills. With a Z, right? Yes, House in the Hills with a Z and the A in the spelled D-A, spelled D-V. It's a family thing to make it hard to look for. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> but uh, his name was House in the Hills all uh, for a, a long ass minute before I changed my name to Captain in the Woods. But we decided to be twins and shit and work off that dynamic. And so because he's House in the Hills, he like going to parties and being fucked up and all that shit. And I don't like people. <laughs> Cabin in the woods, no Cabin people. Cabin in the woods, yeah, I appreciate my solitude. I like, don't get it wrong, I love people. I love to love, I love to be around people. I try to be as great as possible, but you guys fucking suck. So, yeah. Awesome. Cabin in the woods. <laughs> and uh, we'll finish this up. Uh, we just mentioned him. How do you know Curly Chuck? Who is Curly Chuck? Oh, okay, so Curly Chuck is also another musical enigma, man. He's, his lyrical ability is crazy. The way he thinks about words, how to line them up. It's like a puzzle. Man, and it's like, it, I wanna say it's almost like old school, but there is nobody in the old school who I think of who raps like him. I feel like he's one of those artists who really do rap like themselves. I think he's got the new, new age melodic sound that almost everybody's going yes. for, but then kind of goes in with that like, that rage of like the 90s. And he still, and he keeps it lyrical, but he makes it sound, some of his songs to me, it sounds like he's just talking to you. Yeah. Like he just got something to say. And he's, bruh, dude's a fucking dog. We actually got a, uh, we got a track today. You got a track with everybody, man. <laughs> I'm gonna say that a lot in this interview. I can tell now I got a track with him too. It's just not really easy. <laughs> but um, I know Chuck from, a lot of places, a lot of people. I just mutually met him. We never actually connected, connected yet until Invasion. That's when we really connected. But uh, right before Invasion, I want to say maybe months in the making before Invasion, or at least until I got brought into Invasion, I want to say not before Invasion even happened, before I got brought into it. Um, my brother paid Chuck for a verse, and Chuck came through to the studio I was working at called Cultivation. Well, not Wells, I still worked there, but at Cultivation at the uh, old theater when we was in this basement of the theater on Cedar and Lee. And freaking, uh, he came through and dropped a verse and stuff. So that was the first time I really like met and connect with him. Actually, no, <laughs> I did a, uh, I was in a video with him too, but dude cut me out the video. <laughs> but um, I was an extra at the skate park for him in uh, Kayla Kresna or Crash. That's the one that's kind of just like walking through a skate park, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was one of the uh, people buying drugs from him in the video. Nice. And like, why why they cut you out? Not talented enough at buying drugs. <laughs> I got other features and other videos. I'm impressed about it. Right. Like, it's still a dope ass video. Freaking the song was raw shit too. So I didn't give a fuck. It was still dope. I watched it. <laughs> I watched it a bunch of times. I ain't give a damn. <laughs> I kept going, we'll see, this is where I would have been, but we ain't gonna talk about it. <laughs> just imagining yourself like I yeah, was there. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> Just, they just put the opacity to me to zero, that's all. That's all, it's cool. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned a lot of different things that you were acting, that your music. When did the creative creativity part of you start? Man, um, 
I've always been creative. My mom was a creative uh, person when I was uh, younger, when she was still in school, because she uh, she was young. So, so I think she was, I think in college or something. She was going to school somewhere. I just remember that because we used to go to class with her. But she used to have this big ass, like brown, big. It was, it was like a giant envelope, basically. But it was like legit, like had to be like this big, man. Even as a little kid, like it was taller than me, mm. and it was. You know, big um, tarps, I guess. Or not tarp, but uh, canvases. And she used to draw, like, big-ass pictures of, like, cats that were in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, flowers, sceneries and stuff. And, like, seeing that my mom could draw. And, like, made me want to draw as a kid. So I got a drawing. Then Mark Echo came out with uh, <laughs> Getting Up. And I was already, like, slowly tr getting into raps. I didn't start off in rap. I started off in uh rock jazz and uh blues i really liked old music for some reason that doesn't i didn't know that but that doesn't surprise me oh uh, yeah i really like i don't know i just i liked old music like i still listen to like um music from like the 30s the 40s and the 50s just because uh like the harmonies i really like harmonies mm -hmm. something about it just makes me feel good but <laughs> so i was slowly getting into hip-hop and i like the first rappers i liked was nas farside jay-z big l um Pun, but then when I found out he was dead, I stopped listening to his music because I was a little <laughs> ass kid, so I was stupid. It's like eight <laughs> years old, I think. Um, big ass fan of Diddy, um, Mace. Like I just lit. I was really into like. So if it was from New York, stuff. you liked it. Basically, and now that I think of Philly too, Philly too, because I like Freeway. Um, I so think you, Tyler so Tyler East, East Coast, West Coast, you're definitely East Coast all, all the way. Nah, nah, nah. I mean, West Coast got, like, I'm a big Snoop fan, so West Coast got a lot of stuff that I like. Um, yeah, wait, what was the question again? I'm sorry. I um, that. <laughs> how did you get started in music, I think, is where we got started. Oh, there. yeah, so freaking, um... Or just creativity, not music. Yeah, so with the creativity, um, music came into play, sort of, with, uh, when I started getting into graffiti and stuff, because I was really into, um hip-hop music, specifically New York uh, rappers and stuff, and then breakdancing. At that point in time, me and my brother uh, were both like really heavy into dancing, and I really liked breakdancing. So I was breakdancing and shit. You know, that comes with graffiti culture. Mm -hmm. And so um, with always tagging and shit, like we used to live out in Hawaii, we tag up with stuff, we listen to rap all day. Like I think we listened to 50 Cent 24-7. <laughs> and freaking we would be practicing tags, and then at night we sneak down to the, because uh, we used to live on an army base, so we sneak down to the uh, the park's bathroom, and it had this nice big ass wall you can tag on. We just <laughs> go do tags, do little like four letter throw ups and shit, and they'll come cover them up in the fucking morning before we could even really fucking see it. So we started investing in, um, cause the mall had a local paint shop, uh, like tagging shop. We used to go get the buffer paint where you can't buff that shit out. <laughs> so even when you paint <laughs> over, you still stuff. see it. Yeah, so we still get to see some of our work. Right. And um, Were you skateboarding then or were you just graffiti? No, skateboarding too. That's actually where I started skateboarding hard when I lived in Hawaii. That's when I really started getting strong in the skateboarding because it's summer all the fucking time. Right. I don't have to worry about snow. Um, everybody's out skateboarding. My mom didn't want to buy me a skateboard at the time <laughs> uh, for stupid ass reasons I'm not going to say. But um, so I would have to use my friend's skateboard and shit and their longboards and I fucking hate longboards. They're weak as fuck. If you ride a longboard, I'm sorry, you fucking whack. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everybody because I know my dude, um, Sam. Sam rides a longboard and he's actually dope on it. So. Sam Skeleton? Yeah. I'm not gonna hate on him. He's Sam Skeleton, we're trying to get you on too. Skeleton Studios, shout out. They were just oh, they the. Haven't uh, they haven't done this yet. Oh y'all, no. slipping, bro. No, they're not slipping. They're they're just busy doing like real work and stuff. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, duh. For, for those two, for those two dudes to take an hour or two out, you know, I mean, that's yeah. I don't think I wasn't even fucking there for like two days or <laughs> half. Like, yeah, they definitely. No, they were the, just the uh, the Collins uh, Instagram Collins Conversations page yeah, of the day the I other day. They, uh, that's why I thought they were on here. No, they weren't the episode of the day. They were just the, sh the shout out of the day. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay. No, but they, they do great stuff. I got uh, uh, Scuff put me on their radar. Yeah, um, they're freaking. Like anything from a movie to a music video to even watching them eat, you know, Polish boys and shit. Like, <laughs> what? Uh, you, you don't know about that? They got a video of uh, who has the best Polish boy in Cleveland. Uh, they went uh, uh, with uh, them and what's what's the Asian guy's name? Uh, band? Bob? Oh, um, we're talking about uh, Bob. Or no, no. Is Something that? with the B. Uh, either way. But yeah, they go uh, to Hot Sauce Williams and some other place. And, you know, they test out, they, they give their rating, they show, you know, quick, like the way they do their B-roll and everything, it just so gets you in. You're like, they made Hot Sauce Williams look like a nice place. How did they manage to do that? <laughs> yeah, hmm. I mean, it's one of those places you go and you're definitely getting a great meal, but you're not going for a sit-down meal. And no, they had not. a sit-down meal there, you know? They sat down. At they sat down. And I didn't even know that was an option. Me neither. Which <laughs> one did they go to? <laughs> you know, they got me interested. You're right. Exactly. I haven't seen the video yet. That's what? <laughs> okay, hey man, y'all do. I wouldn't do it, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So freaking, basically tying in. Um, what years were you in Hawaii? When was that? Oh, that was that was kid. That was teenager. No, no, no preteens. Um, from when I was nine till I was thirteen and a half, almost fourteen. So that was two thousand. One in 2004, 2005, I think, something and like that. Did you live in any other cool states? No, no, actually it, was, it wasn't that. It was 2004 to 2000, 2003 to 2007, that's what it was. And you said what? Did you live in any other cool states? No, hell no. Just Cleveland and Hawaii, that's your points of reference? That's like complete opposite ends of the spectrum, that's yeah. awesome. Just um, as far as living, yeah. I've visited and stayed right. and gone and been in a bunch of places, but live just Ohio and Hawaii. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people, you know, I've only lived in Ohio. I've traveled all over the place, but I've never lived 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 in another place. Exactly. I could almost say I've lived in Seattle because I spent like three months, three consecutive years. That's almost enough to say I lived there. I've spent the winters out there. Yeah, but uh, a couple years ago. But live live. Yeah. Nah, nah. I already don't forget the streets of those places now. It's been so long. So, but um. Yeah, Hawaii was just 2004 to 2007, came back for around 2008, stayed on the west side instead of, uh, used to live on the east side off St. Clair Lakeview. Lived on the west side when we came back from Hawaii and then moved all the way out to Canton, Ohio for my freshman year uh, high school and half my sophomore. Then I moved back to Cleveland with my mom and lived in Mayfield, got to some shit in Mayfield, ended up in Cleveland Heights for my senior year and then Big ass circle. <laughs> so cabin in the woods is really just a nomad. Got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, man. Stay moving, dude. Stay moving. I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, uh, what's up with that? My life, dude. We've always been moving. Right. Like, we don't stay in a place for too fucking long. I don't know. And you say we, you also mentioned him a few other times. You have a brother. What's it like having a twin? Oh, man. What's it like having a twin? I love this question. Um, it depends. Everybody's experience is different. That's one thing I want to say because I don't, I don't like making statements based off of my experience and having people take them as a general statement, like blanket uh, carpeting, the whole thing. No, I'm specifically speaking from my experience. It is a constant up and down, constantly up and down. We 
are it's like we're thick as thieves dude so it, no matter what like he would literally have to like try to kill me for me to not fuck with him <laughs> and even still it would probably be like that was a nice try little bitch like, i got your ass don't even worry about that we make a fucking game out of trying to kill each other like that's how <laughs> thick we are each other. Like, that tight but it's <laughs> it's irritating as hell dude he's like uh, because he's still my he's still my little brother by five minutes but he's still my little brother so that so he's still your little brother but he's also bigger than you so that's like all sorts of different dynamics it is so many different dynamics angles perceptions that come into it because mm -hmm. you got to think from so many different angles because it's not like we're just siblings we're also technically the same person his fights literally have become my fights and i don't you know these people <laughs> I, what <laughs> yeah yeah i know you what? <laughs> like, I ended up becoming friends with some of these people who he supposed to be beefing with because they thought I was him and I wasn't. <laughs> and it's a big laugh now. And it's like, no, nah, dude, I think you're about to kill me. Hold on. <laughs> but we all end up being cool at the end of the day, which is uh, an odd perk of it. Being twins made us more likable. Like, we make a lot of acquaintances. I want to say friends because we've considered way too many people friends. And now that I'm an adult and I actually know what the hell a friend is, I don't think I've ever had friends until I got until like 18, 19 years old. I don't think I ever had real friends. All right. So freaking, um, but it made us very likable, but then it garners attention, which garners jealousy and hate and spite. So fought a lot with each other and with other people growing up, caused all types of shit, made, created personality disorders, freaking, it's, it's a stressful thing, bro. Like it's, it's like carrying around a torch that says, look at me all day, every day, because you're a twin. You, it's not enough to just to be yourself. You're also a twin. So then they want to ask you twin shit. Like, and it's always stupid stuff. Like, so if one of y'all gay, does that mean both y'all gay? <laughs> Why is that where your mind goes when someone says they're a twin? Are you gay? <laughs> so it's dealing with shit like that. Do you it, think that's different than if it was just like, a, like you're five minutes different. If you're five years, would it be totally different? Way different. It'd be completely different. I've seen it. I've right. seen people who dad's genes are just strong. These kids look just, they almost the same fucking height. <laughs> but this dude's in eighth grade and he's a senior in high school. Right. And they, but they look just alike, almost the same height. And people think they twins, but it's not. They're five years apart and they get treated completely different. Even though young man's big as hell, they still be like, no, you little, little bro. Oh, they don't try and compare them at all. Even though they look just alike, none of that. It's right. just like, oh, that's your older brother. The worst they get is stop trying to be like your older brother. That's the worst I've ever seen them get. And I don't know, because I'm not those people. I don't know, maybe it's worse for them. You gotta interview them and figure out their dark side of the story. But I've never seen it happen. Right. But as twins, just, you just gotta be like extreme for some reason. And especially when, they're in, when you're in places where twins aren't common. It's ridiculous, honestly, how they, I wanna say, oogle at you. So I'm gonna use a funny word for it. But they like, are you guys twins? Oh my God, I knew it. Okay, see, I was staring at you for so long. I didn't want you to think I'm weird, so I asked. Are you guys twins? It's like being a twin. What's it like? So do you ever look in the mirror and be like, wow, someone else has my face? Yes. Yes, I do. I'm a fucking twin. I do it every day. When I walk out my room and he's at my door asking me for some shit. And I'm like, wow, I'm begging myself for stuff. <laughs> 
the guy that was on the podcast, Jeremiah Craig, actually is one of the dudes that got me into podcasting. Um, funny story on the flip side of what you just said is I met him through my buddy Daryl up at Rochester Institute of Technology like 15 years ago. And it was him and his brother Levi. These dudes, I could pull up a picture of like, they look exactly alike. Like you said, two or three three years difference, I think. Mm. Same height, similar hair, jawline. You're like, these dudes, and, and they're going to college together at the same time. So in my head, for dude, like 10 years, I thought they were twins. I started, I started doing the podcast stuff and like, I was interviewing their dad up in New York. He owns a, uh, a metal fabrication shop. Like, not at all like a lot of my other interviews, but one of the cooler ones just to kind of see how like a one-man fab shop works. Right. Like, same like how I like to learn how you make music. I like to learn how he makes metal. I like to learn anything I don't know. I like to kind of like bring those people in and get those people. But he mentioned something and I was like, it clicked and I was like, fuck. Levi and JC are not twins. They're three years apart. And like I'm like I'm going later in the evening to, to interview Levi. It's never aired because the footage is all fucked up. But I was like, dude, great story. I thought you and your brother were twins. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, people thought that before. And like I'd even gone as far as like recommending they go to the twin thing in Twinsburg to fucking perform at it. And nobody said shit. You yeah, know, like maybe they just thought it was me being scheming marketer, dude. I'm like, hey, you guys can play it off, you know, go get you an extra gig. No, you but legit thought they were twins. I legit. Because, you know, again, like if they weren't going to school the same college at about the same time, like I didn't go to school there. So, you know, I'd go up every couple weekends or whatever. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's Levi and JC. And they look exactly alike. They look so similar. That stuff to me, man, that, that freaks me out more than being a twin. Because it's like, dude. What, what makes your genes that strong that three years later you're just like yeah junior right <laughs> what a segment i like throwing up since you work with a lot of different people i like your angle on this better than a lot of others who are three artists whether it's music any medium within cleveland that more people should know about three you could be one of them i mean <laughs> i guess sure me for sure Definitely, for sure me. Definitely <laughs> know about me. Figure me out. Find me. Real Cabin in the Woods on Instagram. Um, I have a Twitter. It's at Cabin Cabin's by, Cabin by the Lake. At Cabin by the Lake, I think. Or something like that on Twitter. I don't know. I don't really like going on Twitter. Twitter is poisonous. It's toxic as fuck on there. Every time I get on Twitter, it makes me want to cry. So <laughs> stay off Twitter for real, y'all. I've, ne I've never been a Twitter fan. Yeah, me, bro. I keep trying to get into Twitter because I got like funny stuff. It's entertaining. It keeps you up with a lot of like news. Right. But... I kind of just use it as like a dump bin for links of like, Man. I'm hoping some eyes maybe see this and maybe click my link and that's about it. I don't, I don't people like. People mostly use it to dump their feelings and that's why I don't like it. It's <laughs> too much opinion, too much. Like some people are just sick for no reason. They just choose to be sick because it's Twitter. But um, yeah, so find me on Instagram, Real Cabin in the Woods. Okay, fuck it. I'm just going to pick people who I'm like currently right now listening to. That works. Um, so I already said me, you know what, I'm going to make mines too. So the estates, it's me and my brother, House in the Hills. You, people should definitely know the estates from listening to my music right now. Um, Josh White, People, more people should know about Josh White. I don't know why the fuck he's not already. He's actually on the list of people that I got to get on the show. He's been requested by multiple people. Yeah, he should definitely do one. He, uh, he checked the, the video of the Curly Chuck one. He uh, dropped in on it. Really? Like okay, right as I'm asking a question, like it was, I think it was the "What is your favorite collaboration?" question. And I asked Chuck, and kind of I see him kind of like thinking. He's like, and then you hear this little whisper behind me, and I look. I was like, oh, Josh is you know just saying, hey, do that song we did. <laughs> and he came and just did a see, quick thing on the that's camera. Because right now my favorite feature is when I got little too. So because that joint is. So we got the the estates. We got Josh White. Who's number three? 
You know what? I'm gonna go with my homie Mush from uh, Rapper Band Money Gang, Mush My Blaze Gang. I'm gonna go with Mush because he is a dope ass artist. A lot of people who I try to show his music to, they try to um, they try to hate on it. Honestly, they don't fuck with it, but I don't care. <laughs> I fuck with his music hard. I know hella people who fuck with his music hard. He's a new artist. He just came home type shit, so he just like really started make music. But he dope. I don't care. He hardened to me. I like his music a lot. I produced a lot of it, but still, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, not a lot of it. Not anymore. He now that he done actually got in the groove of things, it's been um months now since uh we were in the studio together and he's got a lot more like i think bangers i think he's progressing well as an artist he doesn't write which is i know a common thing that people don't like nowadays but he takes it seriously like he doesn't just go in there and just off the top of the head like he'll go in there and redo the same shit over and over again to make sure he can get that shit right like he and he came up with the right people. Like he connected with Johnny Blaze and um, Doughboy and you know Rubber Band Money Gang. You know, so he got some really good, um, I guess, mentors. I don't know if they really do mentor him or not. I don't pretend to be in their business like that, but fuck it. Um, he got some people in his camp who definitely helping him progress very fucking well. I really like his music right now. I was listening to one of his tracks on the way up here, and that's why I'm saying it because uh, I'm list I listen to that song all the fucking time too. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go with Mush, Mush Beasy. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And uh, you kind of touched on this about 5,000 times. I did too. How we said, well, you got this vault of shit that just like put it out. As an artist, as an engineer, as a producer, so you wear kind of three different hats doing all those different things. How do you know when a song is ready? And is it different on each one of those levels of when a song is ready to get put out? <sighs> That's a really good fucking question. Um, Damn, dude. I haven't had to think about this in a while. So for me, like knowing when I'm ready to release a song, it's all a big process because I used to fuck up royally with releases. I used to be like crappy on the business and in the marketing end of being an artist. Great artists sucked at releasing music and being consistent and things like that. So I had to learn from that mistake. And one thing I learned was patience is key because with patience, it gives you more time to have hindsight, which is always 2020. So it gives me time to actually look back on the track, figure out exactly what it is that I want it to become and what I gotta do to get it there. So that's the first thing that comes as like, that's number one factor as far as me when it comes to releasing a song and knowing exactly when it's ready to be released, when that mix is done, um, when the vocals are dropped, everything, that's the first thing that comes into play is exactly, um, how long is it gonna take? And being patient enough to go that whole time. Cause most people be like, oh, I wanna release a mixtape in February. Start pulling up on December, January, and they start rushing shit. Can't rush it, take your time. If it's gonna take longer than February, then it's supposed to take longer than February. You gotta be patient enough to make sure that you are actually getting out the vision that you had. So that's the first thing. Secondly, it's getting the actual mix to be right. Cause it can, be what I'm visioning, but if that mix ain't right, no one's gonna fucking like it. <laughs> no one's gonna like right. it, no one's gonna buy it. So then I gotta make sure I'm getting the right people to mix it, because I'm a good engineer myself, but I'm self-taught. I'm not even that versed in uh, music theory. I'm still teaching myself music theory and stuff. And there's just people like Ticey or Adi, who I could take it to, and they can bibbity boppity boop that bit. <laughs> and then that song is a hit. So right. the first thing is making sure that I'm actually being patient enough to get the vision out. And the second one is getting the right mix on it. And then after that, it's really just, when do I want to drop it? 
If I didn't already have a preset date, I can just drop it right there when it's done. I can drop it tomorrow. I can drop it next year. What do I want to do with it? Did I want this to be a single for the summertime? Did I want this to be a melodic song for people to listen to in the winter when they all alone because they ain't getting nobody for uh, boo season? My, what am I going to do with it? That becomes the, uh, the third factor and honestly the last factor too. It's just where am I going to market this to? And then pop it through. Finish it, wrap it up, you got yourself a hit, man. So that's really how I, at least, how I think of it. That's my process on figuring out when a song is ready to be released and then when to actually release it. And of those three, of the producer, the engineer, the artist, which one of those do you like, which one of those roles do you like best? The artist, honestly. And it's the worst role to me. <laughs> with producing and engineering, I'm way more hands-on, I have to pay more attention. Um, it's just a, a higher level of care with being with that because this is this is the veins and the organs of the song. It's not just the bones. The, we gotta make sure that all the capillaries are in the right place, that we didn't put your heart on the left side, even though some people are born like that, so it's totally cool, I'm not judging you guys. But, <laughs> <laughs> like that's And that's what engineering and producing is. And then the voice breathes life into the body. So to me, the artist part is the simplest. All I gotta do is write really good lyrics that actually mean something to me, that say something. Like you always gotta have something to say. That's something that I always try to tell artists. Have something to say, man. Even, even if it's about nothing, say something. Because people get up there and they say absolutely nothing about nothing. And then it sounds like noise and it's hard for me to mix it. It really is, and I hate being like that, but that's the artist part of me, it's prejudice. I, it, it's boring, <laughs> shit is boring, bro. Right. You're not saying nothing. How am I supposed to be creative with this? You're not being creative. You're right. giving me nothing to work with. And artists are divas, they only have their feelings hurt, so I don't try to say it too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn, kind of lost track there, I'm sorry. That's all good. Let's move to, if you, uh, you're known for your, I don't know, probably 20 thing long rants of Instagram stories of, yeah. about, about the uh, music business. If you could only change one thing about the music business, what would it be? Oh my God, one thing, it would, it would change, I promise this would change the game forever. Actually have orientations for being anything you wanna be in the music industry. And like, I know they got these things where like, you can buy or pay like $500 and you can meet with like right now, I could have spent like 300 bucks and met with uh, Kato on a track and he'll listen to my music and listen to my beats and stuff and he'll do like kind of what we're doing right here, but he'll like consult me basically on what to do next with my music and stuff. Mm -hmm. Instead of having that, because then you got to know about those things, you know what I'm saying? And then where are you going to find those mediums? And yes, we got the internet, but most of the people like I know in Cleveland, my clients aren't somebody with a fucking MacBook. Right. Some of them got to travel all the way downtown and go to the library just to see, use some internet. Not everyone has it. A lot of the artists who are really, really good have no opportunity and they just trying to work. Like we're not about to sit here and pretend like the economy is not ass right now, dude. This isn't what it used to be. Everyone's kind of struggling right now. But when you start a job at like McDonald's, the first thing they do is orientation. Right. They tell you what your job is, what you got to do to do it, and they give you guidelines that you follow. And after a while, you get into the habit of it, you're done with orientation. That's that first three months. And then you're done. They don't need to be following you around anymore. They tell your ass making a flurry, you go and whip that bitch up. <laughs> you don't need nobody over your shoulder no more. Right. We need that for rap. 
because rap, everyone's still treating rap and this music, period. Like it's just a hobby that you can blow up off of. And it's not, this is a career. Right. There's like, I'll be telling people, man, there are like thousands, hundreds of thousands of artists who you've never even heard of, who got like half a million fucking followers on Instagram if that matters to you. And you ain't never heard of this dude. He pay his bills off his music alone. How? Because he treats it like a career. He may not be the most famous person, but he gets up at eight o'clock in the morning, like Johnny get up and go to the, uh, to the bus stop so he can get to the office. He get up, get in his car and he go to the studio. He drop at least four tracks worth of vocals for his engineer to work with. If he a producer, he produced. I used to say uh, in all my raps, I gotta make a beat before I eat. I don't eat unless I make a beat. I got to work. You get up and you treat this like a job. From eight o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night, you do music. So they promoting all day, they freaking dropping tracks, they getting uh, more beats in so they can have more music that keep the music consistently going. They're networking with people, they're on live all day. Everything they do is on the live, so they're talking to their fans all day. They're getting that traction all day, they're getting paid off of their Spotify's and everything because their fans like their music. They love them, they're consistent with it and they make good quality shit because they work on their craft every damn day, it's possible. You can do it. You ain't gotta be the most famous person to make money doing this. Just treat it like a career. And we could all be making really great music and profiting from this. But no, instead, all the great artists gotta struggle, and even some of the bad artists, we all gotta struggle, and it's all about who knows who and who got the money. Like the old boy who run QC said, if you want your song to be a number one hit, it's only gonna cost you $200,000. Think about what that means. It's not just that if you got $200,000, it means if you got $200,000 to spend, you can get the right connections, right. you can make the right moves, you can do the right things, and you will have yourself a number one hit. Like, how are you gonna get that if you're not consistently working every day? Right. That, when he, the dude who said, I can't remember what his name is, but the guy who said that, he don't just be kicking it. Just be <laughs> like, I'm gonna go to the studio after payday. No, right. he in the studio every day checking on his artists. He makes sure he do $200,000 work to spend that $200,000 to get on the billboard. And that's what we need orientation for because that's what the fuck they tell you that at. Right. Every job you ever do, they tell you on orientation. This is, right spot. This is where you can go in this company because they want to keep you. They be like, look, this is what you got to do. Here is where you're going to go. And if you keep all this up, at the end of the road, there could be management. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 401ks, free McDoubles. <laughs> That's, we need that for rap. I'm in agreement with you, but how do you put that in place? Is that up to the individual studio? Is that just before you could upload to Spotify, you got to watch this course? How, how, do you, how do you put something like that in place? Um, honestly, that's the hard part of it that I'm trying to figure out because it's like you, you have to get everyone on one accordance with it, which would be a really hard thing. I think you started at, let's say you started at your studio. If before you could record with any of our engineers, you have to go through this orientation and then kind of find some way to document that process and kind of put that out to other producers and other studios to say, hey, look, we, we did a study, kind of use it as a scientific thing. Like you're saying, you take yeah. it as a business, you gotta make a case study out of it. Hmm. Say, you know, from this date to this date, we had a big thing for you is people that kind of just fall out and, you know, they make the deposit or don't, whatever, don't show up. So if 15 people didn't show up and then you got an orientation in place and then you notice, hey, we only got five cancellations where we used to have 15, kind of, if you could show that and then take that to other studios to be like, look, this is what we're putting into place or take that and keep it in-house and kind of make that into kind of a franchise of studios of look, this we run this like it's fucking McDonald's. We even have a you know McFlurry machine in the back that breaks all the goddamn time. You know, kind of take the, like, like what you said, you have, what you have there is a business idea. Yeah. You have I mean, a way to reformat it and 
it's not going to be an overnight thing. You kind of have no. to, you know, sit sit in it for 15, 20 years, then kind of realize like, oh, look, all these people are doing orientations. I've been doing that since 09. So see, now that's the thing. Do I want to put up with this for 20 <laughs> years? Because this is going to, at a point, at least for me, personality-wise, I just know this is going to be me putting up with it. Because to me, I just don't understand certain things. Like when someone is clearly doing something that is going to help you. My kids used to act up in school. I didn't get that. Like, I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of school myself. Right. I fucking sucked at math. <laughs> but, like, cussing out teachers and shit like that, as long as the teacher wasn't a fucking asshole or a bitch or anything, then, like, like it'd be the coolest teachers. Kids would just be assholes to them for no reason. I never understood shit like that. Right. Like, that's ungrateful. I don't understand ungratefulness. So, and I'm not saying that, like, artists are un, just ungrateful, like, plainly, but I'm just saying I just never understood that type of mindset because there's going to be artists who feel like they don't need this. Right. And they're going to continue to do what they do and it's going to work for them because, you know, not everything works for everybody. And it's just going to be years of me dealing with artists who are like, I'm going to try it. And then because it's not working out for them, now there's complaints and how they don't need shit like this. And I don't know. It's, it can just go <laughs> so many different ways. And it's do I do I want to be the one to put up with that? I would rather do an interview like this and just say it. And one of y'all can take that, please <laughs> and do something responsible with it. <laughs> but because I, I won't. I don't like people. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm right there with you. I've been self-employed since 21. It's about 10 years now. Hmm. And it's kind of the same thing of. It's not that I was too good for a job or those type of things, but it's one of those, I, I, I'm not good at watching other people take a bigger piece of cake when I could make that whole cake. You know, same, Man. I, I did landscaping. I learned that a guy was making a whole bunch of money off us busting our ass all day. I was like, oh, well, I could go buy a truck and buy the shit and did that. Realized after going through years, I went from valedictorians to felons to retirees trying to find laborers. And if you work, Guess what? You probably have a job. If you're a shitty worker, you're always looking for work. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing. Kind of you mentioned, you know, the economy's not that great. I don't believe that. I've been self-employed for ten years. I don't live in the greatest place, but all my bills are paid, and I make mm -hmm. my own money. The difference yeah, there yeah. is, it's my the economy is your economy. Your economy is your economy. My economy is my economy. To try to put all of that at scale is bullshit. It's mm -hmm. the people that you say that don't have a MacBook. There's, they're a lot more accessible than a lot of people think. If you could fucking have a 600 credit score, you could have this MacBook for $34 a month. So that just comes down to, like you said, do you want to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning? Because our biggest fights at this house are, I'm in this room from the time I wake up to the time I can't fucking stay awake anymore. Hmm. Like, unless you tell me that we have to go get the kid or we got some other shit going, like, I'm working. I'm working on making different connections, working on different products, websites, trying to figure out a new way to make this month's rent pay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those, I, I get to that certain point of the month, I'm like, all right, all the bill money is paid. What Now what can I do for the family? What can I do for me? What can I do for the business? Right. And some people are like, oh, well, let me go do this. I'm thinking what, like you said, where can I get more clients? Where can I get more attention from? Mm. And constantly trying different things different on, on that route. Yeah, pursuit, and, right. and that's why I got out of landscaping, like I was saying, is people didn't work. So instead of having to, dude, I learned how to fix lawnmowers, trucks, all sorts of shit in the last 10 Man. years. Because if, <laughs> if your lawnmower breaks in this area and you're, you need it fixed, it's two to four weeks minimum for the lawnmower repair shops as a commercial client. Damn. You, as a homeowner, you can't go fucking four weeks in the spring without a lawnmower. Yeah. I got 40, 50 accounts. What do you think I'm going to do? So you have to learn, all right, they got the part, but it's going to be four weeks to put it on. If I can't figure out how to put it on within four weeks, I'll come back. <laughs> you know? Hell yeah. But that's why I kind of got into doing the marketing thing of if the computer breaks, 
I got it backed up. If it, this breaks, I got that backed up to where I'm using my brain, not my body, but I'm using the same techniques that I was using to keep myself employed for 10 years to try to get that to other people. To say, hey, you're writing books. Books aren't selling for you right now, but like you said, how many hours are you spending trying to get on a podcast or this or that? Right. Like, you know, the other one, how do you feel on the subject? Because I like how you get your animation of like, oh, these motherfuckers. How do you feel about Instagram, Facebook, all those people kind of limiting your organic reach? Um, I don't really feel too much of a way about it, honestly, because what the fuck can I do about it? Right. I try not to stress over things I have no control over. Uh, I mean, I think it's stupid. I don't know. Like, but then isn't that how the app works? Like, how would the app run if they just was just like let the shit go right like then how would it work would we be like scrolling for hours and hours and hours and hours hoping to find something hours? relevant exactly because like, <laughs> i don't even think people realize how many people they fucking follow dude 500 right. people is a lot of people right. 500 people in a building yeah like imagine 500 people in this apartment it'd be fucking standing on top of each other exactly <laughs> and then mo the, and the more we move along with technology like Bro, we're damn near integrated at this point. <laughs> right. We're taking that Oh, phones. not damn near. We are. Yeah. Like, look look around this room. She's on a phone. I got a computer, a camera. Fucking, we have a full... Everything. Freaking <laughs> walking around my phone looks like it's a part of my leg. Right. right. In my pants. So, freaking, everyone's on their phone. They're always on Instagram. They're always on Twitter. Twitter especially. Twitter is constantly active. Mm -hmm. Freaking, I'll never run out of content on Twitter. Instagram, the way they got it set up right now, eventually I'll start seeing the same post over and over again. Twitter, never. I can scroll forever on Twitter. And that's why I don't like getting on there. And I only follow, like, 500 people but my so i don't know i don't really know i feel like it's stupid but at the same time wouldn't it just be chaos because kind of everybody because like think about all the people who's like i want instagram facebook and twitter to just let people see my stuff okay the so, same people always forget that you haven't given facebook instagram or twitter a fucking dollar for your stuff to be seen at all <laughs> also another thing and i keep trying to tell people pay for your promotion instagram facebook twitter they all let you pay them to put your post up and stuff y'all do none of that and then be like the analytics the algorithm <laughs> is out to get to me yeah that's what it is algorithm no, especially to everybody that's arguing about that they don't know what the fuck an algorithm is. is i'm like did anyone ever because i try to look it up to see well what is the algorithm and no, it was just confusing as shit it's I don't know hundreds and thousands of pages of code that changes okay, weekly see, <laughs> what the what are you going to do with that when you find figure out what the algorithm is how are you going to fight it exactly it's not the algorithm dude spend some bread make some better content be more consistent y'all post once a week like your people y'all complain about the little kid the little three-year-old kid who made millions of dollars playing with toys it's because he was putting up videos every day because he's a little kid he got the time to do it but still <laughs> he was playing with toys every day putting up content every day and the editing and stuff just got a little bit better but yeah you got it's levels to this shit i don't know how else to say it but yeah. you touched on it earlier where people think that you know you could just blow up off of a hobby you can but the people that blow up put the work in the, yeah. over, the i have a, a saying of an overnight sensation you haven't seen the first hundred thousand overnights yeah which that, is what i was uh saying like, that's what you're getting at for sure yeah it's like it's, it's not just a it's, hobby you can yeah, blow up on yeah, it's exactly. More, it's, it's, yeah. it's a hobby that you can blow up, but to blow up puts, puts yeah, the extra work. Hell of work in. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of work. My favorite example of it is Two Chains. Titty Boy. Favorite example. <laughs> Anybody that went from the name Titty Boy to Two Chains and still has a job of anything, you're like, I support you 100%, man. But that man went through all of life and college and everything and then went through being a rapper and a trapper 
and still made it work. Late, not I'm gonna say late. You made like a later. million dollars off those uh, snow, snow snowman sweaters that one year. Those ugly ugly sweaters. Really? Yeah, he sold x x amount of thousands of them to make them almost at least a million. I think is what I saw on that. Jesus Christ! You see what I mean? I mean, he 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 did what you said. He had a platform. He put on an ugly fucking sweater. Had a warehouse make a thousand, hundreds of thousands of them. Put up a link, and because people are paying attention to him, it went out there. A million dollars on sweaters. That is cool. <laughs> that is so crazy. I hope to do that one day. That is crazy. Yeah. On ugly Christmas sweaters. I'm sorry, I missed it. I love Christmas sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> and you've set yourself up for this question that I usually end up getting most people. Um, you mentioned professionalism, you mentioned business, outreach, all those things. 100% agree with you. Why don't you have a website? Broke. <laughs> <laughs> Just broke, that's it. If I, I already uh, talked to a few people who do like web design and stuff. Um, one of them I met on Twitter, which is funny because I'm shit talking Twitter all day. But <laughs> Twitter's been pissing me off lately, so fuck Twitter today. But <laughs> right. um, I'm just, I can't afford it right now. I got other things I'm trying to take care of to put me in better position. Like I'm trying to get my credit score up right now. Right. And uh, bro. How much How much are they telling you websites cost? Uh, shit, what was we here? Let me try and find it on my phone real quick. Just ballparks. Like 150, 250, I think was around the numbers I was looking at. 150, 250. And then were they selling you hosting or anything like that, like a monthly? Yeah. Then I think she said the one chick. I think she said yearly. It was yearly. Like if I gave her um, 25 or 50 bucks, I think for a yearly thing. But then it was going to be okay. No, it was 300. Cause no, not 300, but 200. It was 150 for the um, for her to actually build the site and stuff right and then 50 bucks for yearly for her to keep it up and uh, maintain it and like any new content i wanted to add and stuff she would put it on there add modules and all that other that's stuff. a steal by the way was it yeah damn i'm still too broke for that because <laughs> um, that's what a lot of people still think that there's such a big paywall to websites and you know being a marketer it's one of those i try to let people know that that paywall is not as big as you think it is hmm. um it's also something you could 100 percent set this shit up yourself really 100 percent and I'm saying that being somebody that I charge money to set it up. Um, wow. No, we don't want to take this away because we're going to do the lyric test on you in a second. Oh, God. But, uh, what is this? <laughs> oh, the lyric test is good stuff. So this is, uh, I just redid the website for the podcast. There we go. So this I did in a weekend. Every episode, wow. broken down, all of these things. We have paid advertisements over here. Um, th click this, it'll take you right to a forum to send me a, a direct message, all that type of stuff. There's still a couple filler things on, like I said, I'm still adding the actual content to it. This dude Mike looks so gangster, bro. Which one? Mike, oh, Mike Miles, Miles, yeah, that's yeah. a good photo of him. That's a dope photo, man. <laughs> um, but this is something that I created in about a weekend. Um, that is crazy. This looks crazy. Like, that's mad professional, too. Yes, and then it breaks it down of everything, the different, just me, entrepreneurs, entertainers, educators, things like that. Um, where, where that was a hell of a deal is where I'm saying that I can't even beat what that lady was talking about, even like a homie discount, yeah. is the most expensive thing of a website is called hosting, which is your cloud, your personal cloud, essentially. Okay. Um, that's what all, all of this, all these photos, all of the code, all of that shit is stored on my hosting, which is about on average 10 to $12 a month. So what that other lady Ooh. was doing. Yeah, she was, but she's a college student. So I think but what she was doing is the same thing that I do is I buy a huge fucking cloud and I sell ch chunks of my cloud. Oh. 
Shit. So that's what she's doing, where she's getting, she must have a gigantic to make money off of still updating your shit too. But what I normally try to tell people to do is, I, I teach you how to do everything. Right. You do it all. Because it's no different, operating this, changing this shit is no different than fucking around with social media. Hmm. But the difference is, you know this guy. Surfaded. Oh, I'm surfaded. That's my nigga. Um, oh, shit. Am I lost like that word? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what he does is he sells beats through his website, which is what all you guys need to be doing. Yeah, I've got a beat stars. I just need to put more beats on it. Um, whether it's beat stars or if I wanted to, through my site that I just showed you, this is ColinCanHelp.com in case you've never seen it. Um, ColinCanHelp.com. Check it out. If we got no sponsors in the next couple of days, I'll be sponsoring this episode. <laughs> this is, this um, is dope. But see also how I kept this look almost identical to that other look to keep it on brand. Yeah. But I could also, instead of having this like this, I could have this share an audio file. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Relatively easily. Damn. So you, you instead of these sections of podcasts and marketing, you could have beats, you could have what you do, all of that shit like that. And how much does this cost? Uh, this is like $8 million. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> but the other reason why, why I'm urging more and more people to go to is while Facebook and all these other ones are taking away your reach and you're making no money for posting, if you were to click this right here and sign up for that four-month trial, mm -hmm. I make $10. Doing what you do, promoting, you're bringing people here. They're like, oh, shit, we got, you know, Cheesecake. Cheesecake finally came out. I could download it here. Oh, or I could go and sign up for Audible or, you know, and for yeah. the podcast when I have Target ads, um, like the store Target. I'm, I'm in yeah. their affiliate program. So Get out of here. Yeah. Dude, all this shit, you could be in. Oh, all of these Amazon things, if she was going to buy something from Amazon, she'd be like, hey, Kevin, I'm about to buy this. Send you the link. You send her back your link and you make a percentage off of it. Oh, shit. Yeah, all these things. Like the one that I sent you the other day of how you could get paid to post yeah. um, random like, things. I, uh, I got to finish signing up on the app. I sign up so I can get my dollar. But every person that signs up for that, <laughs> I get a dollar. That's a bet. So I'm telling people about good shit. They're getting clients. You make money off a of post. I made $5 to post a fucking thing on Instagram. Hmm. It, how long does that take? No time at all. <laughs> you know? Um, the other one that I want you to hop on, I think we've talked about this before, is later.com. Um, later is scheduling. Oh, yes, yes. Because I got, I, uh, that was when you told me about Canvas. Canva. Yeah, Canva. Canva yeah. is good shit, too. Yeah, I still use Canva. Um, but this is later. This is how everything that you see coming through the, since you, you have, give all these people little clips of music, this is all the shit coming out on Colin's uh, conversations. So I upload all these different images, and this is just the unused. So if we went through, look at all that curly Chuck footage about to come out. <laughs> But uh, so all of these are already in here, and then you could take it to where do I upload it? So it has this, and then I could, if it's something that I want to recur, I could put here, put my notes, and then whatever I put here will be saved. So if I want to say, you know, go check out Cabin, blah, 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 here's the links. Every time I want to repost that, it could already be there, and I don't have to type that shit again. Man, what? Like, wait, so does that post to uh, social media for you like that too? Or uh, is I've, it I've, just... got, I've got it synced up here to Instagram, Facebook, oh. and Twitter. Hold on, my and then each, each one of these is different because that's important too. So if you go to the, the Twitter for Collins, I don't have anything here because I'm slacking. But scattered throughout the different months, different. I have it set at different times, different, all of that. So and it will post it for you. 100% for you. What the fuck? Yeah, man, that's what I told you about months ago. You slept on it. 
But but the difference there is, you know, you say, you know, hey, Cabin, I got a new song, Lincoln Bio. You have one fucking option there. Have you ever gone to my Lincoln Bio? This motherfucker is insane with what you could do here. So Lincoln Bio, this is just an instant this is what my Instagram oh, see, page would look like. True. Linktree, you have three and most, you have a, what do you have? You have a music video and a couple other things. But with this one, each one of these, if you were to click the Marie Kirksey, it already takes you to the Spotify episode. So when you come to Instagram, you could have hundreds of links that stay there. It's not just like the Linktree where I think it taps out at eight or 10 for the free account. Yeah. So, so again, you know, obviously we're talking little money, but for 13, 14, 15 bucks a month, Look what that's fucking doing for you. It would be a lot. You know, so yeah, what I'll do is, is is I'll take like a Sunday, Sunday evening or whatever, and I'll sit there and I'll go through my one app, the uh, best time to post for Instagram. And it'll tell me the breakdown of the week. Mm. So I'll go and I'll schedule based off that week. Then I'll go to Facebook, put it all down. And Twitter, put it all down. So by that way, even if I don't finish it all on Sunday, the majority of my shit for the week is already scheduled, already ready to go. It's going to post at the proper times. So then I'm not stressing all day of like, fuck, I haven't posted on Instagram in three days because I've been busy doing shit. Right. But if you have an album release or something like that, you're a project that you're getting ready to release, you could go and individually hand put so that every day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is similar stuff, but different stuff and kind of not sitting on your phone all day. Hey, I gotta finish this post, I gotta get it up. Man, I, I got a note that is like all my hashtags that I want to use on post, so I just copy and paste them because I was so tired of texting them or typing them up. That's exactly what that was talking about here. Yeah, so, like, that's why I'm like, and it'll do all that for you every time. Like, I need that, please. Have, uh, it's like an assistant. Like, um, and on that note, yeah, later is gonna, gonna be, you need what? More content. <laughs> So you have, you shoot a video. Say you shoot a video for a three minute song. How many pieces of content do you have? In my head, I have over a hundred already in my head. Damn, really? I was thinking like four or five. <laughs> All right, so we have a three minute song. Yeah. You have a full post on YouTube of a three minute song. You have a full Instagram TV of a three minute song. You could then take that three minute song, break it into one minute sections, Instagram post with a direction to go wherever the full length is. While you shoot that video, you could also be doing a behind the scenes thing. That's at least 10 right there. And then on top of there, you take a little different post, put that to Twitter, put a different caption, on, throw some bars on it, throw different, you, yeah. you take that one piece, just like how you see this curly chuck thing here, um, I just started doing those. Is uh, I think I put them all to the external drive. Um, this has become more of a Colin can help, but you needed the help, so let's give it to you. Um, so there's an interview version of Writer's Block, like actually me and him sitting there talking. But then what I did was I took through Photoshop, I just cut him out, added this in After Effects. So that's going. So that audio spectrum is playing with him there. So I have a, I have a, a text post that I could make about how Curly Chuck beats Writer's Block. I have an animated, I have a video, and then I could shoot the same video flat or I could put tops. 
So where you're saying you need more content, a lot of people are having that same boat of like, how do I make all this fucking content? I take that one file and I chop it four different ways, the same way with what you do. If you put the bass up and down, you can make that thing sound or a a filter. It's just taking the same process that you're doing and working it to other mediums. Right. Well, now I gotta go through my shit. <laughs> That's the thing is, I, I kill myself with that one. Is like, you know, I try to go through a full interview and edit it all down and then put it into what I call the archive. So we're like, I'm not fucking with it anymore. Like, it's already clips, it's already things that I could go put out. But then I'll learn how to do something like this circle thing with the audio thing. Yeah, and then I'm like, now I gotta go figure out how to do all of them. Because <laughs> um, this, this, you know, like all the podcast covers are that with a square. But then with Canva, I learned how to take and make a, a straight circle image with no background. Wait, you Super did that with Canva? Not the audio thing. Oh, okay, okay. Everything else is with Canva, though. Okay, this is great. Um, but this one, I learned how to do the audio spectrum. And as soon as I learned that, I was like, oh, the main part of the logo for each episode is a circle. Right. So if I could put that in between it. And then I also, the same clip of here, this is how more you could go deep with it. I made the same clip, but with white. I made the same clip with white and red. Hmm. So when you're seeing it, it's as the viewer, it's hitting you as something different. But it's the same piece of content. (laughs) Absolutely, but that's enough of that. We can tell you more of things, but (laughs) the reason I like to tell all those type of things on a podcast is you're not the only one that is going to be like, damn, it could do all of that. I can do all that? Yeah. Let me get it done then. (laughs) So let's move back uh, into your expertise. But this is the lyric test. What I like to do is I like to play a part of your song and then stop it. And if you finish the lyric properly, once we start playing, Mm -hmm. you get a point. If you don't, I get a point. Shit, okay. (laughs) There's only been one rapper to not do good on this. And that's okay. I'm going to fuck this up. This is your new song. What can you tell us about it? Um, okay, so Please it, Relax isn't that new. <laughs> but it's, it, it's one of your newer ones. Yeah, it's a new release, but I actually, the song, um, I wrote it, uh, I think a year ago. I think I wrote it a year ago. I think I actually also, um, had it, like, recorded already, and then I re-recorded it with Adi. And the song, I mean, I was kind of just really trying to make a good vibey okay. song. Oh, sorry. But I was kind of <laughs> trying to make just a good vibey song but it was just a lot where I was at at the point which was out in Canton it was just a lot of shit going on and the one thing that was in my head was just please relax like everyone needs to chill out it's not that deep and so that's how I came up with the uh the hook for it the uh main tagline which is please relax sucking niggas always taking shit to the max like (laughs) always just because it, it was just a bunch of stupid stuff going on around me at the time. Not even just in Canton where I was at, but like in Cleveland with people. You get on social media, just a bunch of, like everyone's just so amped nowadays. Just like, y'all relax. <laughs> like why does every time you get offended, it's gotta go completely to the extreme. You right. can't have your feelings hurt and it's just not go anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so that's what the point of that song is, guys. It's, when you hear it, just think, let me chill out. Hey, maybe it's not that deep. Please, relax. So let's get a quick sample of it and see how well you know that song. Please relax, sucking niggas always taking shit to the max. Please relax, sucking niggas always taking shit to the max. 
If you roll the gas, then you know I got your backs. If you need that gas, then you know I got the packs. I said. I, I give you 100%. You pass that one. You, you've listened to it before. Because <laughs> that one, my, all my older songs, it's hard for me to remember them because I wrote them so long ago and I'm trying to remember the new lyrics right, right. now. <laughs> so the next one I got pulled up, we got Never Again. Uh, any, any stories behind this song? Anything that people need to know about it? Um, this song was specifically made to be performed. Um, it was a lot going on personally with this one. It was a lot going on. There's a, a lot of personal content in this one. And um, I just had a lot of angst and frustration to get out and I haven't made a song because everyone's used to me being all like chill and positive and making vibey music and stuff. Um, like a, as Beamer would put it, we need chill cab for this one. <laughs> so this was one where I got to actually be like raucous and vulgar and like be real about the bad side because it's okay to be bad sometimes man like you wouldn't know what good is if you didn't be a little bad sometimes you just can't be out here hurting people and shit <laughs> but, uh, that's where that beautiful quote from Colin's I think it might have still been Colin Canoe podcast back then might have been Colin's conversations but Scuff Mixon with the best quote of the year I'm Scuff Mixon try to be a decent human being um, everyone's going through shit be there for your friends make music get tattoos fuck shit up politely Yes, politely. Politely. Everybody's got to fuck shit up. Just do it politely. So well, let's see if we can stump them. Did you make this beat, too? Yes, I did. Most of my music, I make the beat. Never again, never trust niggas again, never love bitches again. I don't have friends, I only bought it with my fam, I only bought it with the bands. Crush on my ex, blow it, ain't coming down on you, no, I'm rolling. Cop more beans for me. Like, I mean, I know this song, you can't stop me on this can't one. Can't stop you on this one? Not this one, this is, this is me, this is me, bro. Like, <laughs> no, you might as well skip this. Like, bro, this bitch is so lit, <laughs> Yeah, if, if, oh, if Mora was here, she'd be just like jumping to the ceiling with that one. Oh, man. Especially on speakers, dude. That shit makes me Oh, and since we're on camera, honey, I do listen to you. I've told him twice to put out cheesecake now, so talk to that man. Dude, it's scuff. Casey, put the shit out. Everybody it's, wants it. Cabin it, says it's ready, so. It's, it's not even ready. Scuff has to do his verse still. I'm putting uh, you on blast, bro. You still got to do your and, verse. And Scuff is one of the biggest fans of this show, so he'll hear this. Yeah, yeah. So, dude, do your verse, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Stop trying to take over the world and put out all your own stuff. Cabin needs some stuff, too. Talk to how'd you, how'd you like that new dirty backpack they put out with Curly Chuck? Man. Okay, so first off, I've been hearing that song for a minute. Right. So, haha. I've already heard it. <laughs> um, it's crazy. I like every time I hear it, I still it feels like I'm listening to it for the first time again. Mm. Which is crazy because there's not too many tracks that I actually enjoy like that, especially that aren't like mainstream songs and shit. But it's just it's I don't know, man. It's weird hearing all three of them together, but it's still dope. Cause like I didn't when I thought of them together. I definitely didn't hear that kind of sound coming out. So right. even when they was like showing me it, 
it still didn't have Chuck's verse like completely on it and stuff. So I was still waiting to hear the final product and I was still like, damn, dude, this is crazy. I never would have, I just never would have thought to put something together like that, especially right. John's verse to me is crazy. Well, I, I'm glad you pulled that out because he was kind of an afterthought on it. They put him in last. Um, they had Scuff first, then they put the, the Chuck um, on, on the background and they had that little bit in the middle. Yeah. And then that's where they brought ended up bringing in John. And John's verse, like you said, it it's like 14 seconds long and he fucking comes hard all the way. And just <laughs> runs on it. And, it's like, and that, it was just so like, I don't want to say unorthodox, because I mean, artists art. Everybody has their own interpretations and they all stroke the brush their own way. No homo. But um, <laughs> freaking, it was just... The way it was structured, the way they put it together, and the way they executed, it was a, an experience for me. Mm -hmm. It's the best way I can put it. And that's what makes me like the track so much. Cause it's like, I feel like I'm actually experiencing something. Especially when John come on, like after Chuck, cause I'm used to Scuff. <laughs> so I already, and then, you know, I've listened to it so many times. So right. the Scuff part is always solid. Then Chuck came in with his sauce on it. It was like, okay, all right. But when John came on, I wasn't expecting it, especially not like that. John is the most, like, for those of you that haven't seen John of Dirty Backpack, I describe yeah. him as a teddy bear. He is legit. A, he looks the, like the, Winnie the, the Pooh if he had a couple beards. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> fucked up. I would call him more like Ted from Ted, you know, the Ted movie. Ted is way more, way more accurate. Um, yeah. Especially with the bongs and everything, you know, but. Definitely. I, like, he's just such a chill, relaxed fucking dude. Like, yes. Me, I've never seen him not 100% mellow. And then, like, every time you see him hop on the track, you're like, where did that guy come from? Why are you so upset? Why are you so, why, <laughs> not even upset though, but like, he just goes, Boom! Like what hits the ground running all the and time, just kicking up dust all behind him. Like it's so I just wasn't expecting him. Even when he first was like rapping, I was expecting it to like slow down or for right. him to like switch. No, just, <laughs> just just mashed it, bro. That song is crazy. That's right. like just one of them songs of three artists just coming together and destroying it. Yeah, who made I, it? Did Faded make that beat? That was a faded beat. Yeah, see, um, just about any any rap that you hear, it's either you or Faded. I think if, if Scuff's rapping on it. Really? I, I don't know many other beats. Uh, Sir Faded is one. I mean, Sir Faded is also probably 80% of the podcast beats. Um, True. Faded's a dog, though, man. He's crazy with beats. Super talented. Uh, I, I just want to sit next to him. The rumor is he's coming up here in a, in a month and a half. Rumor. Can't put that down, but it, it was halfway halfway on, on record. Um, but yeah, they're talking about putting another Dirty Backpack project and where they went down to him last time, he's talking about coming up here. Bruh, um, hey, I would love, I would love to be there for that. Absolutely, I, I, I told everybody, as soon as he told me about that, I was like, I need to be there filming the behind the scenes, get the documentary out this shit, let's go. Bro, I would love to freaking work with him. He is crazy, bro, especially his 808 patterns. Like, the way he manipulates some joints is ridiculous. I've tried to, like, follow it just for, uh, just to get the technique, right. just to have that skill. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Reach right? out to him. Like, he, he's one of the most receptive people. Um, I, I first reached out to him when I was doing the Dirty Backpack interview, and I was like, hey, you know, a lot of times, you know, this one we had five minutes of before, before you got here, before we finally had it down, but a lot yeah. of times I'll have you know, messages go out to your fans and things of like, hey, is there anything I should ask or whatever? Knowing that Faded was on all of their beats, I was like, hey, well, you know, what well, can you tell me about Dirty Backpack? What angle can I hit? Uh. And then that kind of sparked, sparked me and him talking online and about half the information I just gave you, I did a consultation with Faded and he's up like 
200 followers in two or three weeks or something just because he, again he's put in what my theory and putting in his work ethic behind it and he's got a good enough product at the end of it that it all kind of comes full circle oh, Jesus, Jesus. um but that was a dirty backpack fucked it all up let's back to the name the last uh the last lyric test what do we know, need to know about jericho also this one was another personal track this one is from 2017 um Alcoholism, I don't want to say runs in my family because it's really just for beer. <laughs> Alcohol doesn't do anything good for me, but mostly it was like beer holism or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, <laughs> beer holism. So, coined, it, coined it today. <laughs> but uh, I get that shit from my dad and freaking, I'm, I was horrible with it at that point. I'm doing better now, but I was horrible with drinking beer at that point like I, there was a point in time where i was drinking like bowls of beer as a drinking game <laughs> like it was bad it's funny but it was bad it was bad i'm surprised my kidneys are still able to cry <laughs> they should be dead at this point that's awesome but yeah so i made that song out of that angst and sadness from drinking <laughs> oh you gonna drop in the middle damn Oh yeah, you were doing too good. I had to throw a few wrenches into it. Shit, uh, I guess shit. I don't even know where it. Uh, <laughs> fast, fast lane, leave me speeding. Speed shit, uh, I drink. Uh, I drink like me Padre. I'm lit like my brothers. Love like me Madre. Look at me sideways. A peach you ain't know. This Jericho sideways. Live like the highway. Fast lane, catch me speeding. Shit, and then I think it's gonna drop into the verse. Yes, I got it. Oh, God. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about doing this segment with, with artists is you essentially wrote the test that I just gave you. You just didn't realize what part of the test I was going to put in front of you. Right, you know, man. we're like, you've heard that song a thousand times. And it's it's same too with the, the, the fan part of it. Like, I'll know a different song or, you know, like the day we were at Casey's house. And as soon as Moore heard that bass line, she's like, is that cheesecake? You know, like you just hear that certain part where you know to go. But if I could get some of them in the middle, I think that, I, I, you know, I, I always bring up the Nuke Franklin one. But I think what made that harder is a couple of them. I read them like, you know, like the ludic ludicrous white man. Uh, fuck, remember those skits? Yes. Like yes. the like the girls going wild, but like the white man doing it, talking as white as he could. I was like, oh, well, uh, what is this lyric from? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I wish I could have been there for that. You said that one's not released yet? No, that's still in I my vault. I wish I could have been there. I wish ha, I could I finally got something in my vault. You got a 5,000 in your vault. Man, <laughs> the vault is key, dude. Uh, what other segments did we not hit? What are the top three apps that you use throughout your day, whether personally or professionally? The top three apps that I use throughout the day. Notes. My Hotmail app. Touch Grind, the skateboarding app. I'm actually on those. What is Touch Grind? Is that kind of, to me that sounds like the like the little. Uh, it's a skateboarding game. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like the little tech deck thing, but like, uh, like um, digital, no? Yeah, that is almost exactly what it is. Here, I'll show you. This is brilliant. This way you could have the fun of skateboarding and not break your fucking ankles. Exactly. And it's like, it works better when you actually know how to skateboard and shit, because then you know the dynamics of uh, skateboarding, because you actually got to flip the board like it's a real... Like, As somebody that skateboards, how accurate is it? Very accurate. 100% accurate. It's uh, it's even sponsored by, like, this course I'm on right now, this is one of the um, Street League courses. And right now, if uh, anyone who knows about skateboarding, Street League is basically like the new fucking X Games for skateboarding. 
and so like Street League is um, sponsors it and shit. They actually let them take uh, digital versions of their course and put it in the game and stuff. So it's 100% legit. I love it. I recommend it for anybody who skates. It's uh, $4.99 on the App Store. Um, you know, they got freemium fucking purchases in it too if you want the Street League courses and whatnot. But Touch Grind is, is dope. It's my favorite app. Um, <clears throat> freaking to be on all the time. It helps me think straight, believe it or not. That's why I'm able to even talk straight now. I've been talking all freaking stupid all day. But <laughs> I don't know, it just helps me think straight, being able to do this. I can literally go in circles doing the same tricks over and over again. And then when I'm done and I hop off of it, I know exactly what I'm about to do. I go get it done. I don't know, it's just a really entertaining game and it also helps clear your mind. It's like a, a relaxing kind of Kind of like the, the little spinny things that they were using it's, for a while. It's my version of a fidget spinner, which is actually kind of funny because the easiest trick to do on there is a pop shove it and that's literally like spinning the board. Right. So it's kind of funny you said that. That's awesome. <laughs> so let's wind it all down a little bit. A couple of things. I always like to get a little bit more education out of you just for everybody that's watching. Mm -hmm. um, somebody that wants to be a music engineer. <laughs> Um, do they, do you tell them just run away or if they wanted to start, what, what are the first couple steps of becoming a music engineer? Okay. So I am not a 100% official engineer by, at least by my standard. I don't think so. Uh, I had to teach myself this shit. I, and the only reason why I even became an engineer is because I was with friends who were opening up the theater and I didn't want to just not be doing nothing that's just an artist. And most of the artists who I look up to also engineer and produce. So I just really got into it to learn the craft and then I can make money doing it. So I made it my profession. But one thing I guess I definitely would say be the first step is to um, produce. Learn production and take a uh, audio engineering course. Learn music theory, if you can. If you wanna skip all that, you wanna do the YouTube producer way or whatever, then cool, do that too. But learning the basics is probably the first thing you wanna do and like actually learn it. Not just have your homie teach it to you so you just know what buttons to click. Learn what those buttons are and why you're clicking them. That is the true first step. Because honestly, once I learned what the buttons were and why I'm clicking the buttons, not just to click them, any DAW I get on, whether it's Pro Tools, Fruity Loops, Logic, I can mix on any of them. Basic plugins, Waves plugins, ask anybody. I can mix on anything and I can give you a good mix. And it's because I actually know it. Not just know what I'm doing, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And once you figure that out, the only difference between Fruity Loops, Pro Tools, and Logic is that the attack button is over here, then they also threw the gain and the limiter over there with it. So now that's all one button. Once you just figure out what buttons are where on it, it's literally the same exact science. It's very simple. Well, not very simple, I don't wanna say that because <laughs> engineering is actually very, 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 very complicated. But, I mean, the learning of it. It can be it can be simplified, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But you got to know what you're doing and why you're doing it, not just how to do it, which is what a lot of people think about engineering and producing and mixing. It's just, well, um, how do I do this? Oh, you just do that. Okay, and then they just do that. They don't know why I just did it, they don't even ask. Right. Well, what did you just do? They just go like, can you, not, matter of fact, instead of asking how do you do this, they might as well just be asking, can you do this for me? Right. And that's not how you learn. You'll never learn anything You're doing it that way. Because then it got to points where I was working with like M-Stacks and he asked me to do something that I knew how to do, but I was on a new dog and I didn't know. Right. I didn't know why I did it. I didn't know how exactly I did it. I just knew how to do it, but I didn't have that plug in no more. Right. So now I got to figure out 
So I had to go on YouTube and it was like, okay, so what you're doing is this. You're doing this because of this and it'll give this effect to it. Now I can do that effect with a bunch of different plugins and I watched one video. Right. So that would be my first step is like actually learning the music theory, learning why you're doing the stuff you're doing, not just how to fucking do it. Cause then at that point, you might as well just ask your homie, hey, can you do this for me real quick? Cause that's really all it is. There's a lot of uh, similarities to that too. I've, we're, you kind of take, I think you take a little bit of credit away from yourself for self-taught, where I give myself a lot more credit for self-taught. Um, like beginning of this year, I had no idea how to use Premiere, After Effects, any of those. I could do a quick couple of things on Photoshop, you know, things like that. But yeah. what you were saying to me, I'm listening in, in the rain, range of things that I actually do. And if mm -hmm. I didn't go just learn how to do uh, audio spectrum or whatever to actually, cause like you said, and all the Adobe stuff, same with, oh, and thanks to Adi Ray too, DAW, Digital Audio Workspace. Learn that oh. one in that inter inter interview. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my bad. <laughs> it's, it's, it, anybody that's watching that clip already knows, but it's one of yeah. those like, I hate when people talk in acronyms cause you're like, I don't know what the fuck what that, that means. Is. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all right, he broke that down. I'm already, and see, the, the podcast is taking me on the right track to know what people are talking about. Yeah. But like, same with the Adobe where like Premiere and After Effects, like the, the workspace is all the, the, the works, the, that would be the, what, the VW instead of the AW, but like it's all about the same. It's just different effects are here and different things. If, they just move the button. Yeah. So if, 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 like you said, to understand the process of what am I really trying to do, I, you know, I think of breaking down and follow the powers, how I do mechanic fixing, where that, like you're saying, all right, I want to change the spectrum. So I need to go to audio because that's an audio thing. And kind of from there, you're learning and this this is my toolbox for this or this is how yeah. I, I how i add bass or whatever you know exactly yes what is worse in a mix too much bass extra noises or crackles because i know a lot of people think that loud is good and i've learned through doing the podcast that loud is never better no it's not better actually it's recommended during some of your uh mixes to actually turn the volume down low so that you can actually hear what sounds are standing out Gotcha. So loud isn't always best, and that's something I learned the hard way. Cause now my hearing is probably all screwed to shit. Huh? I just can't, bro. I'm what? what? What did you say? What did you say? He's not ignoring you. He just can't just hear you. I really can't. Like even with my hood up right now, people are muffled. Like it's horrible. I should. I'm stupid. But um, man, that's a really hard one to pick because it's like, okay, are we talking quality? We talking about having to mix that shit out? <laughs> Cause I freaking, oh man, okay, background noise is easy to get out with the right plugins, the right tools, the right know-how, the right setup. You know what I'm saying? If the situation was just right, you can do some nice equalization, get some background noises out of. So that's gonna, I'm just gonna take that one out. That's not that bad to me. Uh, at least I haven't ran into an issue with it that wasn't immediately solvable or immediately I knew, well, we just fucked up, we gotta redo it. Crackles and bass, those two are really difficult ones to pick from. Where do the crackles come from? That's just like the extra, extra on the highs? High, like you just got your high end turned up way too much. Like maybe in the equalizer, you turn the highs up and then you put maybe another equalizer in there, turn the highs up or you uh, compressed it with the highs really high up. So now the highs are infant size and there's not enough noise there. There's no other instrument covering that frequency. So it's just air, it's just empty noise, white noise, just crackles. Mm. And I hate that because that can come from not even just mixing if your mic wire is messed up or if you don't like that could come from equipment issues and you got like 
hissings and crackles when someone hits a certain frequency and stuff. And so I want to say crackles because crackles, at least for, in my experience, crackles have come from a litany of shit. And it's taken all types of money and time to fix it and it's ruined so many good sessions. And we have to come back and redo it, but the energy ain't the same. So crackles have had more of an impact. Whereas the only issues I really had with 808s being too loud is it in my personal music and if I'm trying to perform a song loud and my 808's about to blow the speaker out. Mm -hmm. But normally it ain't nothing for me to just right, there you go. and <laughs> right. 808's fixed. But I also, I hate that with an engineer or being an engineer, when I got a customer who gets a YouTube beat and YouTubers who like, they do little sneaky stuff to get you more pressed to buy the mm -hmm. beat. So they'll like either not mix or they'll turn up certain instruments. It's kind of like how loud. people put like the watermark on an image to that type of thing of like, Basically, look how good it could be for $5, I'll take that shit away. I'll take it away. So, cause you know, the tags nowadays people got, I think they got apps or something like that that takes tags out of beats. Like it's crazy. Like freaking, they, they, but they do anything to take a, a producer tag off. But you know, then some for, uh, rappers don't care anymore after Mike Will made it, made it cool. Right. So him and Metro Boomin. That's always so, been an interesting thing. Like my dad growing up, you know, kid, your music's awful. You know, he's like, I like, I like what's behind it, but the, what they're saying, like I, I can't understand it or I don't like it or whatever. We're like, it's amazing how the rapper in, in hip hop, at least the rapper gets all the credit for making the song good. Right. And they, like you said, they showed up with this job for what, an hour, a couple hours, however long it might be. But yeah. then, you know, the producer, like you're saying, they're trying to cut the beat, the, the name out. But how many hours did they listen to that loop to make sure that that beat that caught your attention was perfect? Was perfect. <laughs> hey, man, it is what it is. That's why I don't, I don't knock YouTube producers who do stuff like turn the 808 all the way the frick up. Right. So it sounds good on your phone. It sounds good in your head. Say. Right. And then you get to the studio on real speakers. And I got to turn my speakers down because you about to break my <laughs> equipment. Because what, what the hell going on with this 808, bro? I don't know. I just got off YouTube. Right. <sighs> I'm thinking you know the producer or something. Like, yeah, good. No, you just YouTube producer. I just downloaded it. They do stuff like that. And that's aggravating because now I got to somehow mix this low without, like, basically fucking up the whole low end of the beat because there's the kick is in the low. Sometimes there's a part of a snare that lies in the low to mid low. And if that 808 got distortion, it's gonna cover from the low to the mid low. It and sounds so, like something that you're better off just using that as a template to recreate the whole entire thing from scratch. Basically, I might as well just remake the beat because I mean, buy it. Other than that, buy it. <laughs> right. it I, again, like it's amazing in the creative space. Again, I don't at all do what you do, but and you don't do what I do. But what you're talking about is like, I, I turned down a lady for like a hundred t-shirts that she wanted printed because the, the image that she gave me was so small and distorted. By the time I blew it up to be the center of a chest, it looked like dog shit. And I'm like, I, I can't recreate that. I'm not that talented to recreate it. You know, I had enough shading and different things. And I'm like, I can't, yeah. I can't copy that. I, I could do the framework and everything, but I can't make it look like it does. And it's going to look bad. And they're like, well, can't you just print it? No, because you're not going to pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you like this, when you, I'm trying to help you and tell you, you, whoever sold you this this logo, it looks great on, like you said, it looks great on social media, media it looks great, on your, great phone. on your phone. But in order to blow it up or to take it to a different set of speakers, you'll never know. You and that you're not about to not have, or you're not about to have me do this work and think you're not about to pay me. <laughs> Absolutely, work. I'm sorry, I, and especially if I told you, dude, I don't think this is going to work. Yeah, th that lady, I think I quoted her. It should have been like a. $400 order. I was like, it's going to be like two grand. And she's like, what? Is 
I was like, well, when you realize how many times I'm going to have to go and, and redo this mm -hmm. logo yeah. in order to make it look somewhat feasible, like I've got a week in this one logo. Like I can make you a new logo, it's fifty dollars. Yeah. Know? Like, but, but to recreate that one, like it's just not gonna work. Might as well just go ahead, rebuy that joint, tell them resize it. <laughs> Excellent. How I end every interview is I call this the digital soapbox. I'm gonna center mm. the camera right on you. You get one minute to end the interview on any note that you want. Whether you want to go something uh, promotional, you want to go inspirational, um. however you want to end the interview. It's 100% on you. Oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, your minute starts. All right, I'm ready. Go. Okay, so this is my soapbox. Um, dude, please chill the fuck out. It is way too much shit going on right now. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. I know what's wrong with me, and that's the only thing I can really speak on. But I don't know what's wrong with the rest of y'all, but we really need to chill the hell out. We are taking way too many things seriously. We're letting our own personal shits get in the way of the greater good. We are all so capable of being our greatest selves and instead we try to be these other things, these other peoples and achieve shit that ain't true to us for other people who we don't even like or you wouldn't even be doing the things you're doing. Why lower yourself? So stop, please, I'm tired of seeing it. <laughs> I'm tired of being a part of it. I'm tired of feeling bad for people all the time. You're starting to make me angry. I don't want to be angry. Makes my lips ashy. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, that was, end the interview on top of that. How do they find you? Anybody that listened to oh. you for this last hour or so, how can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Real Cabin in the Woods. You can find me on Twitter on Cabin by the Lake, um, Facebook, CJ Hanley, or you can just find the Cabin in the Woods Facebook page. Um, on YouTube, we are The Estates. You can find us. We have music videos on there. Spotify, Cabin in the Woods. Apple Music, Cabin in the Woods. Amazon, Cabin in the Woods. Instagram, Cabin in the Woods. I don't know what else. It's all Cabin in the Woods. This, I'm just Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. As always, I want to thank the listeners. I want to thank the sponsors. I want to thank my guest. And I'd also like to ask you guys to go ahead and wherever you're listening to this at, maybe subscribe, definitely leave a review. Even if you thought it was shit, let everybody know. If you thought it was great, let everybody know. And I look forward to the next episode and I hope you do too. Talk to you then.